Hey people, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales coach and consultant who works with coaches, business owners, and people in the world of sales who want to become more comfortable and confident in selling in their own natural human way. If you're enjoying the podcast episodes and would like to access some great free resources linked to the podcast series through the monthly newsletter, which also includes podcast extracts and news on upcoming masterminds, live streams and events, then you can email me chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com. That's chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com and quote, let's do this. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now, on with the episode. Hey people, welcome to the mini-series all around finding your passion. And in the following three episodes, you're going to hear from myself and a variety of guests who have been able to find their passion, work with it around their nine to five, get others to buy into it, and eventually, for some of them, take it full time. So the reason why you should be tuning into this is whether you've got something on the side or you're not sure about where you're in life and wondering, you know, what's my purpose? What can I, how can I find something that's going to be enjoyable for me? This series is for you. And if you do have something like that, giving you some tips and some ideas of, okay, how do I build that around my nine to five job? How do I get others to buy into it? And how do I create a business from that? So you're going to hear some stories, some backstories from my guests, but also some practical tips. So sit back, grab a pen and pad and enjoy. This first episode is all around finding your passion. It's very easy in life to get stuck in a rut, but it's so important, I believe, that everyone finds a passion for themselves, whether it's a hobby once a week or whether it's something you can create into a full-time business. So you're going to hear from myself and a few guests today on some tips and ideas of how they've been able to find their passion and how you can do the same. So sit back, grab a pen and pad and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Not Another Sales Podcast with me, Rob Smith, and me, Mark Bryant. And today, <laughs> okay, um, my name's Rob and I'm Mark and we co-run MobFit. MobFit is a workplace wellness consultancy and a service provider. So basically we go into businesses and we do all sorts of things to find out um, the wellness of their people. And then we provide loads of different fun, high energy services to sort of improve that wellness across different areas, such as physical wellness, emotional wellness, financial wellness, all sorts of different areas. In the most simplest forms, I'd say we focus on trying to increase the health 
and happiness of employees, something that we struggled with a little bit when we were in full-time work, uh, working for other people. So that's kind of the fundamentals of what we do. So Chris, um, first of all, Chris, thank you so much for inviting us on. Um, so you want us to have a chat about finding your passion. Okay. So let's we start with what we were doing before, before we sort of got into that. So, yeah, okay. So, so I was uh, running a financial markets recruitment company uh, based in the city of London. Um, I dropped out of uni after a year and uh, I set this company up because I had sort of these aspirations to go into the city in some form. And I was doing that for about five or six years. And I did really enjoy the business side of things, but the actual subject matter, which was the financial markets, which we're often talking about, I didn't have any passion for whatsoever. I was in a kind of a similar boat. I'd studied zoology at university and then naturally went into finance, uh, working for JP Morgan in asset management. And um, I kind of got myself into the mindset that that was the career I needed to do to, to earn good money. And it was a respectable career, but as the same with Rob, I just had no passion or interest in the topic. And therefore, um, a lot of my days were spent just kind of being a bit bored and um, unmotivated, especially in the later stages. Um, so in terms of finding your passion, I think for me, it was actually taking a step back and thinking, well, what is it on a day-to-day -day basis that I like to read about? I like to watch, I like to hear about, um, and then kind of start to explore those areas a bit more and for me, it was nutrition um, as well as kind of a lot of training um, methods. And the more I... You, you were playing semi-pro rugby at the time. Yeah, I was playing semi-professional rugby for Blackheath. So it was kind of ingrained in my my lifestyle already, but perhaps I just had never thought about it as, as a career. It was just kind of a passion and a hobby. Um, but then as the more I kind of got a bit geekier with it, especially nutrition stuff, I realized that actually this is kind of where I wanted to go with my, my life. Yeah, because you, I remember with um, when you were at JP Morgan, you would spend all your free time, well, a lot of the free time in the day doing uh, fitness in some respects. Like you would go out on lunch and do your sprint training in the park. It's kind of, I guess, um, what do you spend your free time doing? What do you spend your free time reading about and researching? And I think that's usually quite a key indicator of uh, what you're passionate about. A lot of people say, don't they, about um, uh, what did you used to enjoy doing as a kid? And I think that's true in some respects, but then, I don't know, I changed through all the sorts of different things when I was a kid. I was, I was sort of momentarily passionate about loads of different things. Um, but that's kind of, uh, with all due respect, that is you a little bit. You have so many different interests that I would find it hard as you to narrow down what, to do as a career because you've got your acting, your, um, your sport, your nutrition, your loads of different things. Um, so I guess maybe it's about actually when you have that many different interests, it makes it a little bit harder to, to narrow down what you're going to do mm. um, with your career. But yeah, for me, as a youngster, I was always interested in sport, nutrition, the physical side of things, but I never considered it to be a career. So um, I know now as we get older, it's always the advice to youngsters follow what your passion is but as and when I would ever have kids or, or speak to kind of younger people I would always say don't necessarily get lulled into university and 
um, going up that route. Just follow what you're passionate about. And as long as you're consistent with it, you, you're probably going to be successful. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. And I mean, also I, don't be too rigid in your view of what that might turn out to be. Initially, when I was first studying for nutrition, I thought oh, I'm going to be a one-on-one coach. But you can, there's loads of different things you can do, like the talks, you can work within different businesses. Um, so as long as it's kind of within that field of your passion, um, don't be too rigid in terms of kind of what it is you want to do. Yeah, I think um, university is quite an interesting one. So I did, I did a year of university and then uh, dropped out uh, because I just wasn't enjoying the course. I knew I wasn't learning uh, as much as I should be for the money that I was spending. Um, so I decided to leave. You um, did a course which I guess you were interested in, weren't you? But actually, on the flip, it was something I decided wasn't my passion after a few years. And I think with some of these, you just have to run with, if run with these ideas for a few months, a year or so, and then it will help determine whether that actually is your passion. We were talking to one of our friends the other day. He's come up with lots of different business ideas, and I said, now's the time you just have to run with one of them. And if it turns out well, then that's your passion. If it doesn't quite turn out the way you want it or you lose kind of interest, then that helps determine that's not necessarily your passion. So trial and error a little bit with, with these things as well. I think it's quite kind of key. Yeah. I think, though, sometimes there's a bit of a danger when, um, I mean, like uh, Chris mentioned to us, how you know, there's so much uh, content out there about and so many people telling you all these business gurus and everything telling you you need to find your passion and i think sometimes on uh, the other side of the coin it can put a lot of pressure on people um to try and be in some sort of race to find out what they enjoy doing and immediately make that into their uh, whether they're starting a business or, or going into a new job or whatever that might be and I've definitely felt that, that when you, when you kind of listen to all these, um, you know, uh, business people, whether it's Gary Vee or Tony Robbins or whatever it might be, whoever it might be, um, do you find, do you, have you come across that as well? Yeah, yeah. I think there's, I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later on some of the points, but there's a difference between kind of just drifting through life and bumbling through and not quite knowing what you want to do, but getting some experiences in lots of different areas. So for you and I, we both did the financial markets, we've done some zoology, we've done nutrition, personal training, other qualifications. And whether you realize it or not, they actually will feed into your decisions down the line, I think, as well. So if you're kind of unsure what you want to do, get out there and try lots of different things. And then one of those will trigger what your passion is and what you want to do down the line. Um, There's a difference between that and just kind of bumbling through life, I think. Hi guys, my name's Craig Sullivan and I'm the Managing Director of a company called Student House Gillingham and we specialise solely in private rented accommodation for university students in Medway. Um, I'm also a property enthusiast and a property developer and you can follow my journey on my Instagram accounts at property underscore apprentice. I think a passion can come from a million and one places. I mean, all it takes is for you to have a conversation, watch a video on YouTube, uh, see something on social media, hear a story, uh, have 
have it passed down through the family, anything like that. It, I mean, it can come from anywhere. However, it's got to build that emotion and it's got to hook you in. That there is is you finding your passion. However, to make your passion work is on you. And what I mean by that is it's not just going to happen itself. For example, I was blessed. I've I've known for a long time from a young age that property is something that I wanted to pursue for the rest of my life because it it just was. I mean, I grew up and a massive part of that was through my dad, to be honest, because he's a builder, um, has been since the age of 16. So he's worked on property sites, on developments, on renovations, you name it, he's done it. And I, since I was born all of our family homes have been renovation projects. He'd buy them tired, renovate them, sell on, we'd step up the ladder, so on and so forth. And during my teenage years, I would work with him, in fact, on the projects. So I would do decorating, uh, painting, basic plumbing. I'd help him with roofing, guttering, you name it, we did it, gardening, the works. And now I look back at it, it, it was building my skill set massively because then I could pr- I know how much the materials cost. I knew how the the method to do it. I knew the time it would take, and, I, and ultimately I know how much it would cost. Um, so that was a massive massive plus because I got the inside of the building work, which is a huge part of being a property developer, right? Um, so yeah, another part of it was the TV of the um, the, the TV the Channel Four. Um, program in particular, Sarah Beanie Property Ladder. And my dad loved the show because he, he liked to get ideas and can, and kind of size himself up with other developers. And I used to love it because I used to just watch it, eating dinner, and it was always on in the background. Um, but then one day there was an episode that really, I remember it very vividly and it really sucked me in and the penny just dropped. And it was a young uh, girl she was a beautician in Manchester and she was got got into property for the first time and in the space of two years she built up a p- property portfolio with about 600 grand of equity in it so over the two years if she would have sold it at the, at the end of the show she would have made 600 grand in two years and I was like whoa and the thing that stood out about this episode more than anything else was because this woman she done all the work using tradesmen she never lift, lifted a paintbrush. She would get in there and she'd be paying top whack. And the beauty about those shows were it would give you the breakdown of costs. Um, so it show, show you how much you would be paying for the bathroom, for the kitchen, for the whole renovation. And, I, and, then one, and, and as it was breaking it down for one of her projects, I was looking across at my dad thinking, Dad, we've just renovated your house, which is double the size of that, on half the budget. So... And then that's when it was like, whoa, hold on a minute. If she can do it and she's paying X amount for properties that are worth half and she's still making 600 grand, then why can't I do it? Or why can't me and my dad do it? Because um, we we can do it for less. And yeah, the properties around here are worth more. So that's when I was like, whoa, hold on a minute. This is interesting. And then I went to uni I then rented from a landlord who wasn't particularly any good. Um, and the same story for all of my friends also in the in the area. We didn't have any halls, so it's straight into these private rented accommodation and they were shocking. And that's when I saw a gap in the market because then my dad uh, brought my house for uh, my second year at university. Uh, we lived in it. 
and um, and we've done up to a good spec. And every single person that comes to the house was like, who is your landlord? I want to rent the house next year. And it was like, boom, now we're onto something. And it's just grown and grown and grown from there. And, and yeah, so that's my story. That's how, that's how, um, that's how you, you focus on your passion. I suppose you, you make it happen. Um, and then I, I, now I, now I've built a whole business around it. I mean, we just started off on our own personal project. We got good feedback and we built on it. And I've now built up a business around that. Not only do I manage my own portfolio, I also get paid to manage other people's. And we are now the, we started off with one property, which I just told you about. We are now the largest provider of student accommodation in Medway. And we've overtaken high street names. We've overtaken developers that have been in in, in this area for the last 20 years. And and we're now number one. We've overtaken them. Um, And this is in the space of about six years. So, um, so yeah, I suppose I hope that shows kind of how I've done it. So yeah, it's massively important that you find your passion, but it's also massively important that you make it your passion. Hey people, it's Chris. I wanted to jump in on this topic as it's something very close to my heart, having set not another sales podcast up in the last six to nine months. And I want to share with you a few tips that have worked for me and something to be mindful of when you're thinking about finding your passion. And I think the first thing to start off with is, and my guest John Sane said this, is try as many flavors as possible as you can. Don't get stuck in a ways of necessarily because everyone around you is doing a certain thing or your family's done a certain thing or you see certain trends. Try many different things. It's a bit like food. You never know you like certain food until you try it. And it's the same thing with life is that you can get very segmented sometimes into thinking that it might just be a sport that everyone else is playing and you get stuck in that and think, I'm not passionate about this. And you kind of give up is think about all those things that are going on and think, you know, what really excites me? What, what, when I think about it or see it or do it actually lights that fire inside me. And another thing related to this is don't feel like you have to force it. You know, nowadays with this, the world of people thinking and wanting to become entrepreneurs is feeling like every time you have a passion for something, you need to turn it into a business. And that's not always the case straight away. It may just be that you want to find a passion that you can enjoy once a week, that that's what it needs to be. It doesn't necessarily need to be a business. And if it is, sometimes it's great just to be able to lean into that passion, learn about it, actually experience it before you then turn it into something that you can make money from. And another important thing here as well is, ask yourself why you're passionate about something. If you do feel like, oh, I've got this passion and I want to turn it into a business, is why are you passionate about it? Make sure it's not swayed by other people's opinions or you might see a fad at the moment or in the last 12, 18 months and look at things and go, oh, great, I should do that as well. Because if you're leading with that, it's not a true intention to lead with. And what's probably going to happen is you're going to get so far down that track and then because you're not motivated about it in the right way, you're going to give up and it's not going to work. So make sure those motivators, those intrinsic motivators are coming from you and not external factors. I think another thing that really helps people with this is, and it sounds really simple, but writing a list of things that you enjoy and get really granular with this. Like don't just write down, for example, I like playing sport. I like playing football. Okay. Why do you like playing football? Because it's teamwork, because I get to engage with other people or I enjoy leading the team. Okay. Well, if you enjoy leading the team, is that because you enjoy giving instructions and helping people around you? Could you potentially see that 
as a coaching facility, maybe not necessarily in sport, but in life or in business. Like get really granular with those things of why do you enjoy it? Being more intentional with those kind of things is going to really help you finding that passion. As I mentioned, if it's something that's going to become a full-time career eventually, or even on the side, but get really clear of why you're passionate about these things. And I've mentioned it already, but I think patience is key here. I think so many people get to a point in their life and think I'm so far behind everyone else, but you're exactly where you should be. And worrying about, you know, how long it's taken to find something isn't going to make it come any quicker. And it's only going to put more pressure on you. For me, probably up until maybe a year or 18 months ago, I still wasn't exactly sure what my purpose or my passion was in life. I enjoyed things, but I kind of went through life and got home at the end of the day after a job and was like, I just feel like there's more to give. Like I had the energy, I was watching these motivational videos on YouTube thinking, what is it? And because I kept sort of, you know, circulating around these different things, I was working in sales and I then reminded myself, what did I enjoy when I went to uni was sport, was coaching. And as soon as I found that, I was like, yes, this is my purpose. And then all of a sudden starting this podcast series, I'm actually like, this is a passion of mine. And I get people saying, oh, you're crazy. You know, you're doing podcasts at midnight. You're working at weekends. And it's, it's, it's not work. It's, it's passion. And that's again, linking back to that point I mentioned earlier, going into it for the right intentions. For example, if you're going into a podcast to make money, it's probably not going to work out for you because it is a long game in that sense. You need to be going into it with the right intentions. For me, it's about adding value to the community around me, about reaching people that I may never meet in life. And with my particular topic, getting people to become more mindful of why they're doing what they're doing. So there's a few things for you to be mindful of, along with what my guests have shared, is tasting different flavors. Don't force it. Be patient with it. Ensure that you're actually doing it for the right intentions, something that means something to you, not others around you. And just getting clear as to why you love what you love when you do find it. I'll catch you soon. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, not another sales guy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast. And also, if you want to connect to me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.